All right. So, um, yeah, I was uh, just uh, wondering uh, if um, uh, if anyone had any sort of other thoughts about uh, because we really talked only about the one idea that was in uh, hidden like an Easter egg in bold print in a small book um, <laughs> in uh, Everyday Anarchy. I was just wondering if other people had thoughts or ideas about it about other ideas that they got from the book. Are you saying we missed something else? <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying I saying I think there's something else. But uh, that was uh, just my thought. Um, my um, uh, well, I mean, there were a couple other sort of good good ideas I thought in the book that were new. Uh, I thought another one that was good, and let me know what you think was the idea that the social contract invalidates the social contract? All right, I remember reading that. And... I don't remember that specifically. I remember about the social contract, but I don't remember... And that, that, particular, that particular one I didn't, didn't quite get. Yeah, maybe I just didn't get it. All right. Um, the uh, the idea, at least, uh, however expressed in the book or not, and uh, we'll we'll see if it makes sense. The idea was that the social contract is considered to be the binding root of the power of the state. Right. That is the the justification put forward for the power of the state. That you're born into a particular country. And this is Socrates' argument that if you stay in that country, then um, uh, you are submitting to the to the social contract, right? Right. We've we've all heard that about a million times, right? Right. So the question is: since the social contract is based on a one-sided, involuntary imposition of obligation, right? It's not consensual, since you don't choose where you are born, right? Uh, and it is unilateral in that it is imposed upon you, not by an individual, but by an entity, right? Because you're supposed to obey this thing called the government, which is a point out in the book is merely an aggregation of individuals and, and so on, right? Okay. So far, so good. Right. So the question then is, does the social contract validate the social contract? So, for instance, a DRO is a voluntary, mutually beneficial contract, right? Right. And so what does a DRO... Support. What type of contracts does it support and enforce? Well, voluntary contracts, right? Okay. So your contract with the DRO is a perfect representation of the kinds of contracts that a DRO is going to enforce, right? 
Wait a minute. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Well, a, a, a contract with a DRO is, is mutually beneficial and voluntary, and you can cancel it at any time, right? Correct. I mean, within whatever strictures are placed upon it. And so your contract with your sort of, quote, enforcement agency is a direct mirror or reproduction of the kinds of contracts that it is going to enforce, right? So it's going to enforce voluntary mutual contracts, right? All right, I, I think I see what you're saying, but uh, and 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 maybe maybe it's just getting um, too bound up in the house, but um, but 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 I'll I'll set that aside for the moment. Well, all it means is that there's no contradiction between the contract you have to the enforcement agency and the contracts that it enforces. They're they're the same type of contract, right? Right, right. Agreed. However, this is completely the opposite case with the government. Because with the government, the government says that a group of people who claim to represent a fictional entity can impose a unilateral contract on an entire country that binds everyone in perpetuity, right? That's the argument, yeah. Right. So, the social contract is considered to be why you subjugate yourself to a government, right? Right. So, the question is, would the social contract enforce the social contract? Would it validate the social contract? And that's why I give the example that if I... If I um, uh, send out a bunch of letters to everyone in my neighborhood saying, um, hey, I've ordered a car on your behalf. It will be delivered on Monday, and you all owe me $30,000. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Right? So if I send that letter, yeah. and then people don't pay me, and I go to the government and I say, I want you to enforce this contract, what would they say? Well, they, no. would, they would argue that it would be ridiculous. Well, they wouldn't even argue. They would just say, this is not a contract. This is not binding. Right. So when you bring exactly the same contra, quote contract that the social contract is supposed to be based on and justifies the government, the government would laugh at that as being a completely ridiculous and unenforceable contract. So the social contract with the government doesn't enforce contracts just like it? The social contract explicitly rejects the social contract. Because if you if the social contract is just, then geographically set up unilateral contracts, quote contracts, are valid, right? Right. And so if I bring a geographically delineated, one-sided, involuntary contract to the agency which claims that's why it's justified, and it says that is not a contract, 
then it's unraveling its own justification. Right. I, I actually saw that more as an argument from UPB than, than, than from the approach that you're taking now. But, but you don't need UPB for this. Because anytime you bring UPB in, arguments get very complicated, right? That's true. But it's 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 essentially the same principle, though, right? The 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 self contradiction built into um, into the moral argument behind uh, the social contract. Well, the social contract is considered to be the basis of law, which is just. It's why we submit to government courts, laws, taxes, and so on. The social contract is considered to be the basis of law, but the social contract explicitly denies that the social contract is valid. Because it will not enforce geographical, unilateral contracts, and in fact will will call them completely ridiculous and immoral. Well, that depends too on um, who it is that's bringing the, the the suit, right? Because they would certainly do that if two state governments went to the federal government with an argument. But they wouldn't do that if, like the example that you have in the book, if I was a car salesman and I wanted to force everyone in America to buy one. Oh no, the uh, <laughs> the federal government would in no way support that from the state governments, guaranteed, if it were pointed at the federal government, right? So if the states go to the federal government and say, we have decided to impose a geographical tax on Washington of a million dollars a day, pay it, pay it up, they would say, that's ridiculous, you can't do that, right? Right. Right. So that which is considered to be the basis of the social contract. But they would support uh, the federal government, and it certainly does support uh, and defend contracts that mirror its own. You mean if it, so po- this- if it imposes a tax on the states? For sure, of course. And there's no question that, there's no question that the when, social contract is enforced, right? And when the states, and when the states um, uh, and, uh, impose taxes on their own citizens or there's a dispute between them over uh, taxes uh, like like I remember when I lived in Wisconsin and I worked in Illinois there was constant arguments between the two states over who exactly would get my state taxes right so well sure I mean uh, no, nobody's saying that the that the social contract is not enforced in a one directional way right I mean I understand that. Right, right. I mean, there would be no point lying about a social contract if you couldn't enforce it in that way, right? No profit in it. Right, right. But what I'm saying is that if you bring a social contract to the agency which claims its justification, which claims as its justification the moral superiority and absolute ethical validity of a social contract, and it says this contract is completely ridiculous and immoral, and in fact it considers it a crime for you to attempt to enforce that contract, right? Right. Well, and that's because you don't have the right um, uh, 
You don't have the right, the right label in front of your name. Well, no, no. If, if, if you're looking into the practical application of it, right? In turn, but I'm talking about the theory. So if if I say <sighs> I'm going to send these cars around, and and these people now owe me thirty thousand dollars for these cars, and I'm going to go and get. I mean, if somebody steals my car, I can steal it back, right? Sure. Well, no. I mean, it's not sure. That's that's valid, right? Right. I mean, e- even in the modern legal system, right? Right. I mean, if if somebody across the street steals my car and leaves it running in his driveway <laughs> with the key in it, I can get into my car and drive it back to my house, right? Right. Right. That's that's right. I've actually, <laughs> I've actually had an incident like that. Not the whole car, just some. Minor. Right. So, so, um, so if if uh, uh, and and of course the government claims the right to get taxes even if you right. But if I send if I create this this unilateral geographical contract with people, and I decide to go and get the money myself, they are actually allowed. In fact, they would never be prosecuted for shooting me as an intruder. Right. Right. So not only does the agency which claims the social contract as its moral justification, not only would it never enforce a social contract, but it would actually consider the enforcement of a social contract evil. So so I'm some guy and I get this idea that Everybody in my neighborhood should have um, recycling cans. And I go around and I uh, demand payment for the recycling cans and demand that everyone put their recyclables in the recycling cans or else. And... uh, um, and nobody does it. So then I take my social contract to uh, to the state, the organization, the organization that uh, is based upon social contracts, and they say. They say absolutely they have to pay. I'm sorry, I don't understand. They say that the people have to pay? Yeah. But they won't. Right? I mean, I I, I can't do that, right? I can't set up. I I can't give my neighbors garbage. I can't put garbage cans on my neighbors' lawns and then send them bills for it. And if they don't, right? Because they'll say, I never ordered these, right? If If I'm wearing... If I'm wearing a jacket that has the label mayor on it, I can do that. Yeah, but we're not talking about how the social contract works in hypocritical practice. We're talking about the theory, right? I mean, we all understand that the social contract is invalid and that you can pull all kinds of shit if you've got the guns, right? Right. 
So help me understand what your argument was for. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to understand. Um, yeah, I'm trying to understand how the social contract invalidates the social contract itself. I, I don't. Well, because the social contract, the social contract will punish as evil anyone who attempts to impose a unilateral contract in a geographical area. It will punish that as an evil action, right? That's where I'm getting. That's where I'm getting um, mixed up. You keep saying anyone. Yeah, any private citizen who attempts to follow the principles of the social contract will be punished as evil, right? Of his own social okay. contract, right? I think this is where I'm getting confused because the social contract says that we owe money to a service that. Enforces contracts? No, the social contract says that unilaterally imposed contracts in a geographical area are binding, regardless of the will of the recipient. Right. But so the, that's in, a principle, right? That, right. But yeah, also, that's where I'm getting. That's I think that's where I'm getting bollocked up is the 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 the. the um, well, it has to be a principle because it's the social contract is not from an individual to an individual, but from an entity called the state to a geographical region. And we know it's a principle because it's valid for every country, right? Right. Or at I'm, least every I'm, democracy, let's say, where you're free to leave or semi-free to leave, right? And I, I guess I'm seeing the practice as the, as the, the principle. Well, the, the principle right. is that unilaterally imposed geographical contracts are valid, right? Right. That's the but theory that's not of the social contracts. So, right? so, so what we see in practice isn't even, can't even really be called the social contract. Okay, forget yes, practice. Forget practice. We're just talking well, about yeah. theory here, right? Even, even just in theory, if the social contract says the principle behind the social contract says um, that all unilaterally enforced contracts on a geographical area are valid what else how does it invalidate itself if if it doesn't say anything other than that i mean if the well if uh, if um, if unilaterally imposed geographical contracts are valid right then the social contract the, the government, which claims the social contract as its justification, should defend unilaterally enforced geographical contracts, right? All right. Because if it says that unilaterally imposed geographical contracts are evil, then it has destroyed its own justification, right? But does the social contract say that, or does the government say that okay there's no such thing as the government we're just talking about the theory of the social contract which says that geographically imposed unilateral contracts are moral right right and it, and 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 it, and in not defending that it invalidates itself but the defense is where the practice is right 
Well, but we're just, the- we're just talking about contract enforcement. We're not talking about the state or tax. We're just talking about contract enforcement. Theoreticians <laughs> will say that the government has the right to tax you because geographical um, uh, one-side enforced contracts are valid, right? That is, the, that is the valid basis of our legal system and the dominion of the government, right? Right. But if the government attacks a unilaterally imposed geographical contract as evil, then it is undoing its own justification, right? The government is undoing its own justification. Sure. Not the social contract is undoing its own Well, the social – it's a concept, right? I mean, it, right. it can't act. I mean, in, in the, the people in the government, right? And so when you go – when somebody says a social contract is valid – and the government derives its just power because of a unilaterally imposed geographical contract, then if you put the uh, argument forward about you know, sending cars or garbage cans or whatever and say, well, what will the government do about that? So, well, the government will throw you in jail for attempting to enforce exactly the same contract that the government is enforcing upon you. Right, it's not universal. Right, right. Well, it, it's, it's not. It's worse than not universal because the government condemns as evil exactly the same principles that it claims as its moral justification for its authority. But not as. But for them, not as a principle. They they condemn it as uh, they condemn it in practice, right? Because they're not going to condemn and throw in prison. Uh, you know, the governor of, governor of Illinois is not going to condemn and throw in prison the mayor of Chicago, right? But if some private citizen does it, then the condemnation, then the imprisonment. Well, sure, but they would say that the mayor of Chicago has the right to do it because of the social contract. I mean, the fact that there are more instances of a valid social con like if you don't want to pay the taxes in Chicago, don't live in Chicago, right? That would be the argument. So the fact that there are more examples of a justified social contract than just one layer of government only makes it even worse for the argument, right? Because if you're saying, well, it works in Washington, it works in Chicago, it works in Illinois, it works in the United States, it works in Gambia, it works in England, it works in Scotland, it it works everywhere, then there are even more instances, overlapping layered instances of a social contract that is considered valid, right? Right. I'm not actually saying it's working. I'm just saying that that's what they're they're doing, right? I mean, um, the state cops will kick my door down, but they won't kick his door down. Well, sure, but they would say that the state cops could kick your down because of the social contract, right? I mean, the social right. contract is is the core moral justification for the state in almost every society that you come across. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah. we all get that, right? Yeah, 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 that's true. But if the social contract... If, if, a, if, if a human being enacting a social contract is attacked by the agency which claims the validity of a social contract as the basis for its justification, the argument collapses completely. Right, right. right. If, they take, 
if they take any anyone regardless of their status right because so if that's the sorry, argument then if that's your argument then how can you say but you you your first argument was that the social contract invalidates the social contract sure but now it's the government invalidates their own um well, stated the social yeah because if you say that unilaterally I mean obviously the social contract does not pass UPB even close right because if you've got Bob and Doug in a room and they both have the right to impose unilateral and geographical co- contracts on each other right. right then they're just firing imaginary laser beams at each other the whole time right no I've got your contract no I've got, I'm imposing my social contract on you no I'm imposing my social contract on you right it doesn't okay my right. social contract says that you have to pay me $100 oh yeah well my social contract says that you have to pay me $100 so it's evened out right I mean it, it would just be ridiculous right Right. Which is why they have to be separated by geography, and where they are not, we get war, right? That's typically been the case. So the argument for the social contract invalidates itself because the entire purpose of the government is to reject unilaterally imposed contracts in a geographical region for everyone. Oh. Oh, oh right. That's, okay, so okay, that's now it makes sense. Yeah. That so the difference that there is not that it's not just that they would, if someone came to them and said, "Here, enforce this," that they would say, "No, we're not going to," but the fact that, but rather the fact that that's their whole purpose, and they say, "No, we're not going to." Well, they, that, couldn't, okay, that. they couldn't – see, they couldn't have a purpose. If they were willing to impose – sorry, if they were willing to – if the government were willing to enforce one-sided geographical contracts, there could be no government, right? Because the so, government would send me a bill for $10,000 in taxes, right? And then I would send the it, government a bill for $10,000 in taxes, right? So you would put right. it this way. You can't you have put a it government unless you've got a contradictory – and hypocritical social contract. That, so, yeah, that makes total sense. So the social, the principle behind the social contracts invalidates the purpose of the social contract. Well, it, it invalidates the legitimacy of the social contract. I mean, the purpose and all of that is true, but a social contract says that one-sided geographical contracts are valid, then it creates an entity to enforce that, which then rejects and attacks every other one-sided geographical contract, right? Right. But if the government, which only exists by attacking one-sided geographical contracts by a rejection of social contracts, and it rejects far more social contracts than it enforces, right? Right. Because every citizen would want to send a bill to the government for exactly as much as they were taxed and say, we'll call it even, right? So it rejects and attacks far more one-sided geographical contracts than it enforces, right? It only enforces the few hundred or few thousand that work for it and not the hundreds of millions that that would not, right? Okay. 
because it will enforce the taxes that it sends and it will specifically attack and reject anyone who sends those bills back with their own, quote, social contract, right? Right. The, the principle doesn't allow for monopoly. And, and in practice, it becomes a monopoly. Well, it, yeah, it only can be a monopoly if the social contract is considered both a virtuous and an evil proposition simultaneously. Right. Right. Like you were saying at the beginning of the book. Yeah. Right. And that's what I mean when I say it invalidates yeah. itself because it's only useful if it is used to oppose other social contracts, right? All other social – I mean in a sense, right? Other than the ones run by the state. Now, if something is put forward as a principle when it in fact only applies to a small number of individuals – then it's like defining human being as Hispanic, right? It's a logical contradiction. If you say people who like ice cream like ice cream, that's not exactly a principle, right? It's not a definition of humanity. No, it's a tautology. Yeah, it's a tautology. So, but the social contract is considered to be universal, which is why it is valid for citizens as well as the government, right? Right, if the universality is actually taken seriously, absolutely. Well, it's only a principle if it is universal. I mean, if I look right. at a tree, I'm not defining what a tree is, right? Right. Describing an instance does not create a concept. Concepts are the extraction of that which is common between instances, right? Leafy and whatever, have Bach, or I don't know what the hell the definition of a tree is, but something like that. Right, right. Gotcha. I'm, I'm with you. So the social right. contract is only binding because it is universal, right? Right. And, and as such, the, 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 self, the self-detonation is universal as well, right? Because if, you, because if, you, if, you're, if your definition is that you, 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 um, you defend social contracts and then you attack them <laughs> – well, it's only it can only be true if it's universal, but it can only be uni- it can only be valuable or ever enacted if it is the exact opposite of universal. But why couldn't they say, then say, um, well, s- contracts imposed univa- unilaterally on a geographic area are only valid for government? Well, then it would only be binding to government, right? In which case, they would have to tax themselves and get nowhere, right? But they claim that it's binding on non-government, which is the whole point, right? That's like saying a farmer can have all the livestock that is composed of human beings. And this is why you need the you need mythology like uh, like that surrounds the, the the constitution. Because if you didn't have that, um, uh, the logical contradictions would get those people uh, laughed off your property. Sorry, Nate, I just want to make sure that we got that because that was important. No, yeah, but yeah, it can only be um, imposed by government. Well, no, but the, the, question is who, the question is who it applies to, right? Because right, the social it, contract is only of value to governments or whatever, right? If it can be applied to citizens, right? Because otherwise there's no one to tax, right? Right. 
It's like so, saying that uh, I, I can I can milk all of the cows, but I can't have any cows, right? You're not a farmer then. You're just a guy with some imaginary cows, right? So if the social contract only applied to the government. But not then, only apply. It uh, can only be imposed by the government. Well, um, then what happens is you get an even more absurd situation, as I mentioned in the book, in that since the government doesn't exist, what happens is people gain the magical ability to impose unilateral contracts when they work for the government or when they become a cop and then when they go home, they don't. And, right? so, so then you don't have universality anymore, right? Because when someone leaves office, then he can't impose universal. He's exactly the same pretty much as he was the day before, but now he can't impose universal contracts, right? Right. I understand the, the logical part of the, the fallacy there. The, the, he doesn't have the sprinkling of, of magic government dust. Right. Because if it, is, if it is a valid thing for a human being to impose a universal contract, then the value of the social contract vanishes because people can just reverse tax you whenever they want, right? That's two guys in the room saying, oh, I tax you a million dollars. Why I tax you a billion dollars? Why I tax you ten billion dollars, right? Right. So if it is claimed to be universal, which is what it has to be, I mean, if, it, if, if no one ever claimed that the social contracts were universal, it would never be, have come into being and it would never be discussed, right? Wait, because what? it would be it would it would be of no use to 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 tell people that they have to obey a social contract and and give over money, right? I'm I mean, this is an that. this is an idea that flows from the need to justify power, right? Right. It's it's why the the uh, Islamic priests don't tell their kids. Uh, the kids that, that that are given to them to teach, they don't tell those kids about Zeus, right? Because it doesn't serve them, right? Right. They get money for telling kids about Allah, right? Well, and because it it it's. Uh, it's not enough just to tell people, obey me because I have the gun, right? Sure. I mean, that, that's, you, you don't get – it's not efficient slavery, right? Right. But this – so this basic idea that the social contract attacks social contracts I think was the second big idea in, in EA. And I, I mean, I think I had it for a page, maybe a page and a half. But I did give some pretty good examples of it, right? There's this car dealership that ships cars to everyone and then goes to the government and says, you need to enforce this contract of mine. And they laugh at him, right? Laugh at him. Say, come on, don't be ridiculous. It's not a valid contract. Right. Well, claim, when they claim the right to be able to do that and arbitrate that way because of a contract that they define as invalid, Right. 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 Yeah, what I, I'm, and what I, what, what didn't, what didn't click for me at the time. I mean, I got the contradiction, but what didn't click for me that 
time was that uh, they were actively um, rejecting that which was uh, their whole purpose in the first place, right? Sort of claiming both the right to um, enforce and to um, refuse to enforce um, social contracts. Sorry, say that part again? Well, 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 it's more than just, it would be like like if like if um, um, it's the difference between me saying like my whole purpose in life is to uh, grow flowers and then never grow them versus my whole purpose in life is to grow flowers and then run out and and do everything I could to um, flatten them right uh, right kind of, right right okay. Okay. Right, they're they're actively they're not just engaged in a uh, a, a passive contradiction. They're actively um, warring against uh, what they claim is their own justification. Right. You can only ha- you can only enforce the social contract by rejecting the validity of social contracts. Actively. Actively, yeah, absolutely, actively, for sure. And you, people don't even have to start up a car dealership. They just have to send back a bill for their taxes, right? Right, right. And they don't even have to do that. All they have to do is just refuse to pay. Right, 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 right. And so that's why I say in the book, I say, if we examine the concept of the social contract, which is claimed as a core justification for the existence of a government, it is more than reasonable to ask whether the social contract would justly enforce the social contract itself. In other words, if the government is morally justified because of the ethical validity of an implicit and unilaterally imposed contract, will the government defend implicit and unilaterally imposed contracts? If I start up a car dealership and automatically, quote, sell a car to everyone in a 10-block radius and then send them a bill for the car that they have, quote, bought and send them the car as well and bind their children for eternity in such a deal as well, would the government enforce such a contract? I think we all know the answer to that question. If I attempted to bring a social contract to an agency that claims as its justification the existence and validity of the exact same social contract, it would laugh in my face and call me insane. Yeah, that that makes sense. Now, I mean, and I mean, there's more. I won't read the whole bit about it, but that's that's sort of where uh, that, to me uh, at least, uh, would would be the uh, the second big idea. And this another page and a half, which we don't have to go into here. But the the second big idea in in EA, and and of course the reason that I was the reason I was sort of fo- focusing on this in the book was that I was really trying to create self-contained arguments, right? Like, you don't have to reference anything other than the premises that the people are bringing forward themselves. Right, it's valid under UPB, but you don't need UPB in order to argue it. Well, I think that we can say that UPB has been great for us, but not great for liberty. 
Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, just in terms, I mean, there's, it's been out now, if you count the original Lou Rockwell article, which has some pretty core ideas about it. It's been out now for over two years, two and a half years, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's certainly had strong effects on a lot of people, and it certainly has gained more momentum uh, now that it's free, right? Because more people are listening, people are listening, people are listening, uh, without even the couple of bucks barrier to entry. That makes people skeptical, right? But because it's a hard thing to understand... And I'm not saying this, obviously we're having trouble hacking through it here, this idea. But it is a hard thing for people to get UPB. And what happens is when you try to use UPB to deal with, with issues or questions, you end up arguing not about the content, but about UPB, right? Right, right, about the, 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 the concept itself, rather than using it to to apply it to things because people are so confused by UPB itself you can't you can never use it as a tool well i think you can use it and i think it's been helpful but and you can people can use use it as uh you know if you're going to get into a long distance debate a, a long term debate with someone Mm -hmm. then you can use it, right? So, I mean, obviously, people have downloaded it and really liked it, and, and it's been very helpful for people. So if you're really, it's like Atlas Shrugged, like if you're really interested in freedom and you don't mind how Ayn Rand writes, then you'll read Atlas Shrugged, right? Right. But you right, can't right. give Atlas Shrugged productively to someone who's only mildly interested. They'll just say, well, that's a, big ass book right right and so what i'm trying in ea and ea doesn't reference upb or any of those things what i'm trying in ea is to create arguments that are self-contained right right like 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 you were doing with the the robber baron example right right with the robber baron example right. and uh, also with the um with the one where uh, we talk about academics for some time. Yeah. Where we simply look at the motives that academics, particularly economists themselves, accept, which is human beings respond to incentives and blah, blah, blah. And we follow the logic, right? And we don't need external statistics and we don't need big theories about state funding and this and that, right? We simply follow the self-interest and the motives and the logic of the situation itself, right? So I took that same task with the social contract, which is by far the biggest barrier to anarchy, right? Well, and interestingly enough, the, the most the most obvious. I, I can remember having arguments about the social contract with my brothers in the past as well, uh, in similar ways, but not quite like this. Right, right, right. Right about the uh, about the, the the logical contradiction of it, but but not quite. In the same way. And, and when we were talking earlier about the DROs, the DROs can validly enforce voluntary contracts, right? Because the DROs are themselves voluntary contracts. Right. There's no contradiction, right? Right. right. 
Right, and whatever whatever is voluntarily agreed upon as the enforcement mechanism is is therefore entirely justifiable. Right, right. I mean, there's the the unbelievable hypocrisy of an institution claiming to enforce justice that rejects as evil its own claim to be the institution that enforces justice is unbel- I mean, mind blowing when you get it right. Right. Whereas anarchy, the DRO system, un- whatever it is, it doesn't matter. There's going to be voluntarism and there's going to be controversy. Right? Oh, hello? Whoops, what? Um, whatever comes out of anarchy, um, whatever comes out of anarchy uh, uh, in terms of the practice is going to be consistent that way, right? Right, in terms of the uh, the voluntary uh, agreement, and the and the um, um, and the capacity to enforce those agreements, right? Whereas statism is always going to face the problem that the agency that is considered to be the only source of justice claims as its justification a contract that it explicitly rejects as evil in practice. In universal practice, right? Right, right, right. And so you can right. well sorry. in near in near near universal. It it of course defends its own. It it it, it staunchly defends its own um, right to do that. But uh, well, no, no, no. It doesn't defend its own right to do that. That's not how the social contract theory works. The social contract is considered universal and moral. Because as we said earlier, if the government simply said, I get to do it because I have guns, right? The moment that you say, only I get to do it, you can't claim ethics anymore, right? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. You're right. You're absolutely right. And that's part of the formative contradiction. The social contract is binding to everyone in a society, right? In its ideal state. The prime minister plays right. tax, pays taxes and is subject to the law, right? Right, right. Because because it's it's a principle, not just a an assertion. Yeah, it, it is a social contract that is universally binding upon everyone in society, right? Right. And in fact, it is the voluntarism of staying in the country that is why why is it why it is called a contract i mean there's nobody who defends the social <laughs> contract who says that it works in a prison too because you're not there voluntarily right or says that it works in a dictatorship or in guantanamo bay right <laughs> right so they right, say right, right. if you're not free to leave Although, then it's not a contract right and that's what people always say well love it or leave it right although uh, dictatorships have certainly had their own um, flavor of this kind of thing, for sure, for sure. But I mean, right. we we don't we don't run into those, right? I mean, we don't. At least I've never run right. into somebody except for that one guy who was making those Austin Powers joke jokes about eighteen months ago on a call-in show, who actively defends something like Stalinism. Or I mean, that doesn't happen, right? Right. But what I mean is, like, you know, the. the Germans in the 1940s, they had their own sort of social contract, right? To owe your life to the fatherland, that whole thing, right? Well, sure, I'm sure. But again, we're not going to run into anybody who's going to defend Germany in the 1940s, right? That's not a barrier right. to, to us. 
Right, right, that's true. And of course, the, the example of the guy sending out the cars, it's like, hey, if you don't want the car, all you have to do is move, right? Right, move to a different neighborhood. Right, right, right. Yeah. Move, move to the motorcycle salesman's neighborhood, right? <laughs> Right, well, of course, yeah. Everywhere you move, there's going to be a social contract, right? You can change, you can right. change your jails. Sorry, you can change your zoo, but you can't ever go into the wilds, right? Right, right. So, right. I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say I totally agree. And so, what I find fascinating about this, this whole thing, is that, and there's more in EA that's not been talked about, is that that the book kind of landed without much of a ripple, right? Do you think maybe that it was just a matter of clarity? Because we missed that one, kind of. Well, when I read it back to you, it made sense, right? Right. So, I mean, the idea was not as fully fleshed out. And the reason why this idea took so long was not because it's such a tough idea, but because I, I think because there's some kind of emotional resistance to it. That's my thought, right? And that was similar to, to the last idea, right? Well, I, I... Go ahead. I'm just... Do you think that... Well, the thing that struck me about this idea is if you were to use it to, you know, sort of persuade somebody else toward anarchy, it's something that is more likely to hit them... Um, and it's something they're more likely to feel, if that makes sense. So if you have that sort of idea that's more simple and more self-contained and more direct, it's like you have less of an excuse not to use it. Yeah, like I can't put UPB in a five-minute video. I guarantee you I can put this in a five-minute video that will be clear for people. How about you? You want to go ahead and, and do that? <laughs> <laughs> this is much easier than UPB, right? Yes. And you all got yes. UPB pretty easily, right? Because I see uh, people debating it in the chat room and and you know on the board, and you all down with it, right? I admit I still have trouble debating it and trying to get the idea across. Um, yeah, for sure, and, and but, so do I, right? But but the point is that it's a big idea that we got. It doesn't mean we're always perfect at doing it, but... So I, let's say I'm just some guy, uh, Joe Social Contract, that comes along and says, the social contract is uh, the reason why it's our duty to pay our taxes. Do you want to role-play this now? Sure. Uh, sure. Okay, great. So, uh, okay. Then I would say, okay, uh, why? Is, uh, can you give me a definition of the social contract? Well, a social contract is something that everybody agrees upon um, uh, as a society and, um, and as to how to treat each other and how to do things as a community and that everybody is obligated to um, pay their taxes and and pay for the services that that keep us safe and uh, keep things um, civil. Okay, so it's a contract, right? And uh, is it something that I can impose on someone in Zimbabwe? No. Okay, so it's geographically specific, like it's within a country. 
Yes. Okay. And um, it's not quite voluntary in the way that signing up for a cell phone is voluntary, right? Because it's it's something that applies to everyone in that country, right? Right. If you're born here and you live here, then you are abide by that contract. Okay. So it is a contract that is imposed by the government on the people that the people accept by staying in the country, right? Yes. Okay. If you live here, you 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 owe the the obligation of the contract. Got it. So what we have, and let, we'll just talk about a, a neighborhood called the United States. So what we have is a cert, uh, that 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 a unilaterally imposed geographical contract is valid, right? Yes, for for the society as a whole. Right. Right. And it's valid for everyone in that society. Yes. Okay, great. So everyone can impose a social contract because it's valid for everyone in the society, right? No, there exists only one social contract for everybody. Right, but a social contract that is one-sided and geographical is valid, right? Does that mean that all one-sided geographical contracts are valid? No, only the one for this particular geographical area. Okay, but within that geographical area, all unilateral contracts are valid, right? No. Okay, why not? Um, because, oh... We already have one. No, no, let him... We already yeah. have one. Right? No, but that, 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 <laughs> that was that's a begging good the question, right? <laughs> I mean, why? Why is only one? If so, if if one-sided geographical contracts are valid, then they should be universally valid because they're valid, or at least within that geographical region, right? Well, they're only valid for the government, for the government to impose on everyone else. Okay, so, so some people have the right to impose unilateral contracts on other people. Yes. Okay, so and those people have to be in the government. Okay, so one group has the right to impose its will upon other people, right? Yes, but it's more than one group, right? Because you have federal, you have state, you have local, you have municipal, you have coast guards, you have whatever, right? So many groups are validly allowed to impose their will on other people, right? Right, but those people can uh, choose those people. Well, they can choose I some mean, of uh, them, right? They can choose some of them. I, I mean, I don't get to vote for who who runs the postal office, and I don't get to vote for uh, who's in the civil service, and I don't get to vote who's behind the counter at the Department of uh, Motor Vehicles or whatever, right? Right. We get to choose some of those people, but we certainly don't vote for all of the millions of people in the government, right? Right. Okay, so... I'm going to put forward a scenario for you, and I'm sure that it's incorrect, but I just don't have – I can't have any luck figuring it out, right? So if it is considered a social contract, then we're saying people have the right to impose on others obligations, legal obligations, and the solution if those people don't like it is to move, right? Yes. Okay, so one person can do that in a neighborhood, and that person is called the government, right? Yes, that 
That, that's true. Okay. If they're, now, if, if they're if, in the government, then they can do that. Okay. So if I do that as well, right? So I send the, we do the car thing, right? I send the cars out and send bills. And then I come to the government and I say, I want you to enforce my, uni, my unilateral geographical contract. What are they going to say? No. Okay. And if I try to enforce it myself, what are they going to do to me? Uh, they'll throw you in jail. Right, because they would consider the enforcement of a unilateral geographical contract to be evil, right? Yes. So how is a universal – How sorry, how is a geographical one-sided contract both good and evil at the same time? Like how is it good – and yet, if, I tr- if somebody else tries exactly the same thing, it suddenly becomes evil. Well, everybody approves of it by – approves of the one that's good by living Well, sure. It. But of course, if people don't like the cars that I'm delivering to their house, they can move out. I'm only doing it in a 10-block radius, so they can move out of the house if they want, right? They can move out of that neighborhood. They can move, I don't know, nine blocks over or whatever, right? So it follows, it follows that same rule exactly. Uh, check. Mate? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Let's see if I can move a pawn. Uh... Because the government says that its power is valid because one-sided geographical contracts are moral and good. But then it comes across a ex- exactly the same form of contract, a one-sided geographical contract, and says that is evil. But if it is good, then it is good for everyone. But if it is evil, then the government power is not justified by its own definition, right? Okay, but people in the greater society area beyond 10 blocks have agreed upon just these certain people can impose these contracts. Well, no, you see, they haven't agreed that. You and I never got to vote whether we wanted a government. We only got to vote who runs the government. And let's say that let's say even that that's true, right? I'm not sure that it is, but so th- they didn't get to vote for a social contract, right? Whether they want a social contract or not, and that's what I mean when I say it's unilaterally imposed. And you can say, well, I want a different guy to be on the receiving end of the money and resources that flow from my end of the, quote, social contract, but you don't get to vote on the social contract. So the social contract itself is imposed, right? And you can choose who runs it, but it's not a choice whether it gets run or not. That's like saying that they can choose between me delivering a Volvo and me delivering a BMW to their house, right? Or they can choose whether it's me or some other guy who sends it. But they can't choose whether they get the car and have to pay for it or not, right? And if I, if I, if I amend my social contract, if I amend my social contract and I say, okay, well, I'm going to send your choice of cars and you can either pay me or you can pay my friend, the government would not consider that to be suddenly valid, right? No. So choice on the part of the recipient of a one-sided geographical social contract does not render it to be something that the government would enforce, right? No. 
So if the government would not enforce exactly the same contract that it claims gives it the right to enforce anything, but would in fact attack someone as evil for enforcing a social contract, how can the social contract be valid? If the government attacks as evil, the very same situation that it claims as a moral good for its own power, as the moral justification for its own power, how can that be? You got any arguments there, Greg? <laughs> well, well, I just had a quick question on the contract as principle. Just needed some clarification here. Um, um, so, so, in order for it to be a principle, it has to be universal, right? Well, it is considered, we at least are going to accept that it's geographically universal because it applies to everyone in a geographical region, right? So... So if we can, if we can circumscribe a principle geographically, why can't we circumscribe it uh, biologically or socially? Well, but you don't want to reject all the premises of the person you're debating with. Otherwise, there's no debate, right? I mean, you've heard me do this a million times, even with the science and UPB podcast, where I say, okay, let's say that you can have two personalities. One runs the vocal cords, the other runs the hand, right? Because an argue, it doesn't matter what you accept in an argument, if it's irrational at its premise, you can accept everything but the last thing, and it's still going to fall, right? And the more you accept of the other person's argument, the better off. I mean, I agree with you, of course, right? But, but if you say, well, there's no such thing as countries, then you're not arguing about the social contract anymore, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so except, just accepting... so. So allowing him to escape from universality in that way, um, you, you, you can even then still make the argument. Uh, I, yeah, I guess that's Oh, totally, fair. yeah, because you can say the social contract magically changes between Canada and the United States. I mean, that's fine. It still is completely invalid, right? Right, right. Well, in my mind, it's totally invalid just by the fact that there are – there are these arbitrary geographical... Well, but see, what, what the person could then say is what we need is a world government, right? Where there are no countries, but the social contract is still valid, right? So the countries is, is a red herring, right? Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly where they would go because I've gone there before. Sure. I mean, you have to look at the self-contradictory nature of the social contract regardless of any other argument that could be brought to bear on it only working within the framework that is brought to you by your debating opponent, right? Right, 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 right. But I, but I was just thinking from the, from the opposite angle, um, if, it's, if it's valid to allow for circumspection of the principle on geographical grounds, then, then we would have to allow for circumspection on the grounds of... Um, you know, social, you know, some sort of social imposition or maybe biological characteristics or any other arbitrary factor. No, because then, then you wouldn't be in a situation of democracy, right? And people won't give up on democracy. Like, nobody's going to say what we need is the platonic gold crew, right? The Lame crew, the boogie nights dancers to run society, right? 
Right. They're not going to say right. that we need a hereditary ruler of super geniuses to run society. And I mean, nobody's going to make that argument, right? We have to work with, with what's actually going to happen with us in debates, right? Right. Well, and, and, and in addition, um, you would run into the problem of enforcement again, right? Because if, for example, we say the social contract um, right, is circumspect by race, for example, right. um, then 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 there'd be no way that the social contract that applies to whites could apply to blacks. Exactly. Too, no, that's right? quite right. And of course, you would also then say, well, what is the evidence, right? What is the objective evidence that all whites should rule all, what I don't know, green-haired Martians or whatever, right? Um, so, uh, but, but I, I don't even, I mean, to me, I wouldn't, I'm just going to accept the social contract as it's put forward by the person I'm talking to. That is geographically specific, that it cannot be biologically specific. Right, because then you're back into slavery, right? And nobody's going to defend that, right? Right. Or if right, they are, right. it's like sure. run, right? <laughs> right. Right, but that's but that's a great way to uh, dismantle it in in uh, your opponent's mind as well, right? Because you could just bring that up to them, right? That that a principle is is supposed to be something universal that applies to everybody everywhere, and yet this particular principle has a geographical circumspection, and therefore, if we're allowing for one arbitrary circumspection, we 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 have no justification for saying that none of the other arbitrary circumspections count. Well, but what you're doing right. then is you're bypassing the social contract, right? And you're arguing about UPB. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, and, good, and the, that's a good the, point. The thing, this is the big roadblock, right? Now, you and I can go around this roadblock, but, but other people can't, right? That's hard for me to see. Well, okay, start debating the social contract, and you'll see people bang into it over and over again. Right? <laughs> and then, okay, you, you and yeah, I, I can go around true. it, but other people, it stretches as wide as the horizon. There is no around it, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You true. you have to meet people where they they live, right? You have to meet people where they where they're actually thinking, and just saying to them, "I'm going to introduce you to this vastly complex thing called UPB that's going to blow your mind and take you months to figure out." And oh, by the way, you'll have gotten rid of the social contract along with twelve million other things, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Now, what you can do, of course, is you can get rid of the social contract for them. And then they can say, wow, how did you do that? And you can say, well, let me introduce you to a little acronym that's going to, it's like the LSD, but it's called UPB, right? <laughs> right, right, that's true. But I think, I think that, and we can, I've got I've to eat now, and we should talk about this more at some point, because uh, this has been the first block in a long time for this conversation for people. And I think it's interesting, and I think it has something to do with the volatility of bringing this to bear on people. Because if you can dismantle people's own arguments within a few minutes using their own premises, right? That is going to be incredibly volatile for them emotionally. Yeah. Right? I mean, did you feel any of that, Nate, when you were debating? Like this disorientation, this frustration, this volatility? All of right? that. People are going to get pissed off, right? Because if you introduce UPB, it's like, well, shit. I'm not a sucker, I'm not a robot, I'm not a propaganda fool, because UPB is really complicated, right? And, and I, was, I was trying not to um, 
be circular or try to come back around to the very, where we were at the very beginning or um, do any of the things that I know they would do. And, and those those because, we can all deal um, with, right? And if you all get somebody who, who wants to yeah. debate the social contract, you know, bring them on board. I can I can do it live with them. That would be great. But if you can dismantle something which people have probably been babbling on about for ten years or twenty years, if you can dismantle it in five minutes, you're exposing something to them about themselves that is really volatile, right? What is that? Well, that they're programmed. That they can't think. That they've only been pretending to think. And it only takes a few minutes' thought to unravel it. I don't feel stupid for not knowing Mandarin, because it takes years to learn Mandarin, right? But if it turns out that my core assumptions about the moral nature of the society that I live in can be undone in a few minutes then I'm fucked, right? Yeah, Yeah, Colleen said it well. I mean, you know what it's like? In the movie The Matrix, they have got to send 12 people in to fight off 6 million viruses or whatever the hell they were, uh, agents, right? And they, they got helicopters and flying through buildings and what we're doing is walking up and down the switches going bink, 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 right? It's that easy. <laughs> oh, and by the way, yeah. you had the switch yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. And I think that's what people are avoiding with EA. Because if you can say democracy is the proof of anarchy... And you can get that idea across in a few minutes. And people are then going to be revealed to themselves, right, as nothing more than empty propaganda robots who have only claimed to think. And as we can see, particularly with the academics who floated through, people don't take that very well, right? No. And if you can do it, Using the person's own argument, it's even more humiliating for them, right? Because you're not bringing anything new to the equation other than what they're saying. It's not a piece of information that they've never thought of. It's not an argument they've never thought of. It's not a fact they never looked up, right? So if you say to someone who says, oh, the robber barons were evil, and you say, well, I've read 15 books on the subject, and humana, 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 here's why they're not, right? Then they're going to be like, well, shit, I guess I just didn't read that many books, right? I'm okay, right? Whereas if you say to somebody, look, if you just sit down and think about this for five minutes, you realize it's all complete nonsense, right? That's totally different. Because what excuse can they make for themselves? I just swallowed it, hook, line, and sinker, because I'm a, a retarded? Well, and I don't think it's because... People aren't retarded. People swallow this stuff hook, line, and sinker because... because just the implications of... of what the logic is clearly suggesting is just so 
I mean, it's it's um, it's it. You you see you you see the logic of it, and you go that wait that that can't be right because like the whole world believes this stuff, right, right, right. right. And claims that it's the result of thought, and it turns out that it's five minutes thought to dismantle it. See, there's chipping away at the false self, right? And then there's nuking the false self from orbit, right? Oh, right? yeah. That's just like, it's yeah, like exactly. there's peeling off the Band-Aid, and then there's peeling off the fucking epidermis with a meat hook, right? Rip! <laughs> Look in the mirror. Right, this is... And that's what's so volatile yeah, about is... EA, and I think that's why people are short-circuiting on it. I just know the kind of reaction I would get because the arguments would shift, they would change, they would suddenly redefine things. They would, um, yeah, I don't. It would, it would. It's not a matter of five minutes. It's a matter of can I even, you know, debate with these? Well, you, we would get the rage, and and we would get the rage very quickly, right? When people have have it exposed to them that they've been lied to and that they've been lying to others, and five minutes thought. Five minutes thought could have solved the problem. It's, as somebody pointed out, it's really embarrassing to lose that quickly, right? Yeah, but it's not just the, I mean, it's not just the embarrassment and the loss or, or the, the missing of the obvious. Yeah, it's the implications of your entire the, society. I understand all of that, for sure. Yeah, it's the shock, you know? It's it's just a sheer shock of of... Well, uh, it, you know, because at, at that point, either either you're some kind of super genius, or everybody else is retarded. Well, I right? think that they get that everybody else is not retarded, and neither are they. Everyone else is corrupt, and they've participated in it because they're afraid of being bullied, right? They're afraid of being rejected. They're afraid. What what this does is it shines a huge glaring light on the fragile spider web of corruption that is their social environment, right? Of mutual enslavement, of cowardice, of attacking the virtuous, of making up lies and pompously repeating them until they feel true, right? And, And the continuing process of grinding up little children's minds to put it in the same vat of social conformity and dead mythology, right? Yeah, It's this big machine, this sausage grinder that they suddenly see that they've come out of. I mean, it is a massive shock to the system. Yeah, and at some point or another, I mean, you have to grab onto a handle of your own uh, on that machine or you're going to get spit out. Right, 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 right. And so, of course, they're not going to get angry at all the people who've lied to them, Right. They're going to get angry at the person who reveals that they're lies, right? Right. And this is and this is different. From, sorry, this is different from the participant. This is different from anything we've done before. This is not DRO theory, which takes a long time to explain, and right. This is not uh, the family stuff. This is not religion, which takes a long time to explain, and requires some knowledge of science and reason. And the family stuff. First of all, people can just lie. So, oh, and I had a great time with my family, and not tell any any of the truth, right? 
And secondly, they can just reject it as psychologizing. They can just say, well, this has nothing to, to do with X, Y, and Z. And this is not like the Ron Paul debates, right? This is, right. you know, I'm going to show you how you're committing harikari with your sword, not mine. Yeah. So the question that keeps coming up for me is like, how do we even use this? As I said, from orbit. Once we get the FDR space station, <laughs> we'll launch a whole swarm of these down to the planet. I don't know exactly yet. I don't know, but I do think that this is the way we need to go. It is an incredibly aggressive argument, in a sense. Not abusive, but it's very assertive, let's say, right? This is not a gentle argument. I think we need some more role play because I, I keep coming up with new new ideas or new arguments that they'll make, but I'm sure everybody else has plenty of their own. Well, we've got a we got a boot camp heard. sort of in the works that I'm sort of uh, penciling around, uh, which which will be this kind of stuff. The boot camp is not how do we do old FDR arguments to these because we already know that stuff, right? The boot camp is how do I not bring anything new to a debate other than what the other person is bringing. And still win. Right. That's that's exactly what I want. And uh, that is going to be the most powerful and efficient and irresistible argument, right? I mean, if, if I don't bring any historical facts about robber barons, but only use the premises that the person is giving to me, I can't possibly... If I win, I have won completely and decisively to anybody who's got any respect for reason, right? Right. And if you don't win... You know, in in very short order, that uh, this is a person that you don't want to be bothered with anymore. Right, and I think it's that level of efficiency that we're a little scared of as well, right? Right. Like, take, for example, the, that Aaron dude. I mean, you were using his own premises against him, and he was just completely ignoring that. Right, and that was very efficient, right? I mean, I only kept up with it for so long so that other people could see it. I mean, I wouldn't have been, if it was just a private convo, it would have been much shorter, right? Right, right. So we'll we'll work some more of this in in the boot camp idea, right? Where maybe we can drag other people in to argue the other point, or maybe I can play devil's advocate. We can sort of switch it up a little bit. But I think that this magic jujitsu <laughs> that we need to have, right? It's like you know, in the Matrix, where he gets I don't know, like the kung fu stuff uploaded directly to his brain. I mean, this is kind of the thing. What if we can be completely blank slates in our debates with people and simply use their premises to dismantle their arguments, bringing nothing of our we own to bear on the situation? We could do it at the barbecue. We too. could do it at the barbecue too. <laughs> All right, my food is on the table. I must run. But uh, mull it over. There's a couple of more thoughts in EA. Maybe worth listening to it again or reading it again. But uh, there's a couple of thoughts in EA along the same yeah. lines. But um, I think that this is kind of think this is where wherever our greatest resistance is, is where other people's greatest resistance is too, and that's where we need to go. I think. You're gonna end up doing a video on that one. Yeah, I think I think it would be worth doing a video on that one. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Talk to you later.